You're about to get smarter in just a few minutes with Curiosity Daily from Discovery. Time flies when you're learning super cool stuff. I'm Nate. And I'm Callie. If you're dropping in for the first time, welcome to Curiosity, where we aim to blow your mind by helping you to grow your mind. If you're a loyal listener, welcome back. Today, you'll learn about octopi forming communities, clues to the origins of schizophrenia, and a new compound giving researchers hope for fighting tough-to-treat cancers. Without further ado, let's satisfy some curiosity. All right, we have talked about octopus before, but I've got a story today about how they might be even smarter than we previously thought. Even smarter? I thought they were already one of the world's most intelligent creatures. Oh, sure, but new research is giving us new info about their social intelligence. They not only have emotions and sentience, but new research is showing us they create complex social hierarchies and change their behavior to fit into them. We now have to consider if octopi might have culture. This is raising complicated questions about eating octopus, especially as worldwide demands for the meat increases. All right, well, I personally don't eat octopus because I think that sounds gross, but a lot of people do. Is this story going to ruin that for them? Well, it might, myself included. There are around 300 species of octopus, and recent research is helping us understand how, besides humans, they might be the most intelligent creatures on Earth. While they are often solitary creatures, researchers have found two groups, sort of like octopus cities off the coast of Australia, that are challenging that understanding. Ooh, if it's like a city, do they have city names? They are called Octopolis and Octlantis. (laughs) Fantastic. Uh Uh-huh. As these areas have become more dense with more octopus inhabitants, researchers have found that the octopi started forming complex social structures. They hash out who is dominant, who gets the better dens, and who gets the more desirable partners. They'll fight over territory and even throw trash at one another in pursuit of females. What's especially interesting is that not only do the octopi change their normal behavior to have more success in these crowded areas, they end up eventually passing these new behavioral changes down to their kids. It's social learning, and impressively, we can understand that as culture. Culture. That's incredible. And yet still people are eating these creatures? That's kind of the crucial question, isn't it? Understanding the intelligence of octopi is creating quite the sticky situation. The morality and ethics of eating sentient creatures isn't something that is easy to, I'm so sorry, swallow. Sentient animals are protected under welfare laws that dictate how we can harvest them for food to minimize pain. And by harvest, you mean killing. Yeah. Uh, Currently, the preferred methods are clubbing, suffocating, or slicing the brain open. But a recent report concluded that none of these methods are sufficient or humane. The octopi still feel and understand pain. And as such, the report came out against octopus farming. Well, I'm sure that didn't end the debate. You know how humans are with delicious things. It's not like you see a lot of dodo birds walking around. (laughs) Absolutely. Worldwide demand for octopus is only increasing. Some recent proposals have even suggested we create farms to raise and slaughter as many as 275,000 octopi a year off the coast of the Canary Islands. But since octopi can create culture, these farmed octopi might develop a culture that is dependent on human farmers, making them more like domesticated animals. Okay, is that bad though? We domesticate other animals, right? Sure, but if we were to abandon a farm like this, whether because we decided killing things with feelings was bad, or the economic market just didn't support it, we'd end up releasing human-dependent octopi into a world they couldn't survive in. Okay, so if we can't agree on the answer, what do we do? 
Well, many are saying we need to hold off on building any octopus farms, saying that such a massive endeavor can't move forward while there are still such important questions about feelings, sentience, and culture to answer. Mm, Okay, well, I know what my personal answer is because I don't want to eat them anyway, but (laughs) that's just going to be me. Yeah, well, you and me both now. I think they're just a little too smart for my taste. All right, I've got a fascinating story today about information lurking in our genes. Ooh, what do we learn? Well, genes are passed down to us from our parents and determine how we look, how our brain functions, and how predisposed we are to different diseases. Researchers recently found the origins of one such disease, schizophrenia, in mutations in our genetic code. Isn't schizophrenia pretty rare, though? The good news is that it affects less than 1% of the U.S. population. But when the disorder is active, it can lead to delusions, hallucinations, and trouble with speech and cognitive function. Is there any treatment for it? Fortunately, we have methods to deal with many of the symptoms and can even make them less likely to recur, but we don't yet have a complete cure. And does it just pop up in random in patients? Schizophrenia is often passed down from one generation to the next, so researchers believed that there could be some key information hiding in our genes. And recent research from MIT and Harvard has given us insight into specific gene mutations that may be at the root of the condition. Both universities were involved in a decade-long collaborative study between nearly four dozen institutions called the Schizophrenia Exo-Meta-Analysis, or SCHEMA. With all of them working together, they were able to build an international data set of over 300,000 people. And were they studying all of these people closely? Their main study subset was closer to around 100,000, from which they were able to identify extremely rare mutations in 10 specific genes that they found greatly increased someone's chance of developing schizophrenia. They're called protein truncating variants, or PTVs for short. What does truncating a protein even mean? PTVs prevent genes from fully developing the proteins they are supposed to build. This then keeps those proteins from being able to function properly. Depending on which of those 10 genes a person has PTVs in, their chances of developing schizophrenia can go up by 10 to 50%. So is there any way to counteract a PTV? Right now, the research has only helped us identify them, but that's a huge breakthrough. The study also found some pretty interesting connections between the affected genes and risk for other neurological disorders. Several of the genes with links to schizophrenia had previously been marked as possible sources for other neurodevelopmental conditions like developmental delay, intellectual disability, and autism spectrum disorders. It's amazing that such small changes can make such massive differences. Genes are incredible. The schema team noted, though, that even though the same genes were affected across different disorders, they had different mutations depending on the disorder. Not all of them could be linked to PTV mutations. Some of these neurodevelopment conditions started with a mutation called a missense mutation, which occurs when a gene puts the wrong amino acid into a protein and changes its function. Are the 10 genes the only source for these kinds of disorders? We've identified the 10, but with a pool of over 20,000 genes, there's bound to be a lot more hiding out somewhere. They're a great start, but the researchers still have to do a ton of work. Oh, wow. That sounds like an almost insurmountable problem. Well, that shouldn't undercut just how immensely important finding these first 10 is. We can learn so much from them. Two of the genes in particular even provided data to support the growing theory that schizophrenia may come from a breakdown in neuron communication at the synapse. I can't wait to hear what they learn as they continue to dive in. It is just the start for a meaningful understanding of schizophrenia. 
we might eventually even be able to find exact biomarkers and even targeted treatments, all thanks to the collaboration and work of Schema. All right, Nate, let's talk about another disease, or a group of them, uh, cancer. Researchers have created a new compound to target a recently found vulnerability in hard-to-treat cancers. This finding could make a big difference in treating patients who haven't previously had many treatment options. That sounds like great news. How did they find this new vulnerability? Well, the teams of researchers who found it work primarily with hormone-dependent cancers, including breast cancer. In many of these breast cancers, proteins called estrogen receptors, or ERs, are crucial for cancer growth. The team was focused on finding compounds that could disrupt these proteins, and in 2017, they found one. But they wanted to find one even stronger so that it could bind with more cancerous ERs and kill more cancer cells, so they started making other similar compounds. What did they test it on? Is it just breast cancer that uses those estrogen receptors? They tested the compounds on breast cancers that depend on ERs, but they also watched how the compound affected cancers that didn't rely on ERs, like triple-negative breast cancer. Triple-negative breast cancer doesn't have receptors for three important hormones, including estrogen. Because we can't target these hormone receptors to kill cancer, it has been supremely difficult to treat. After all the testing, they found one compound that stood out among the others, ERX-41. Okay, how good was it at targeting these ERs? Not only did it kill ER-dependent cancers, it also killed the other cancers that lacked ERs, like that formidable triple-negative breast cancer. It puzzled scientists at first because they knew even though they had been targeting ERs, its effectiveness on cancer without ERs meant that ERX-41 was clearly affecting something else. When they looked under the microscope, they found that parts of those cells that make proteins, the endoplasmic reticulum, wasn't working anymore. Wasn't working anymore how? Well, jamming up this process stressed the cell out, made the endoplasmic reticulum swell up, and led to the cell's death. They also found that this compound could shrink human tumors, and it did this without showing any negative effect on healthy cells or any kind of toxicity. Well, I'd imagine it's hard for a cancer to grow if it can't make proteins. Wait, so if it didn't end up relying on those estrogen receptors, does that mean it can do the same thing for cancers that aren't breast cancer? Yes, exactly. They ran other experiments and found that ERX-41 was effective against other cancers like glioblastoma, pancreatic, and ovarian, which have all been really hard to treat in the past. That's pretty incredible. When will we start seeing this compound actually used? Well, the company that licensed the experiment plans to move these drugs into clinical trials by early 2023. There's no word on what will happen beyond that, but it's safe to say that if these trials are successful, we'll soon be seeing new treatment options for many hard-to-treat cancers, all thanks to a small protein that researchers found when they were looking for something else. That's so cool. Well, I'll definitely have my fingers crossed that the trials go well. Let's recap what we learned today to wrap up. New research shows that octopi not only feel pain and emotions, they create social hierarchies and develop culture. This knowledge is creating quite the ethical problem for those who like to eat the cephalopods and may even halt future efforts to farm them. A groundbreaking new study may have unlocked a key factor in the origins of schizophrenia, protein-disrupting gene mutations. While we've only just discovered these abnormalities, it's a massive first step towards figuring out a complete understanding of the disorder and potential advanced treatments. Researchers have found a novel new way to fight cancer by preventing the cell from easily creating new proteins. There's still a lot of testing to be done, but this new method may soon give hope to many patients with hard-to-treat cancers. Curiosity Daily is produced by Wheelhouse DNA for Discovery. You can follow our show wherever you get your podcasts, and we would love it if you could take a second to leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. 